You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Zach's upcoming season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 317. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you today. Fun show for you today. We're talking to the hosts of the She's All Batch podcast, Stephanie Parker and Jackie Maroney. Basically going to wrap up everything that happened on Bachelor in Paradise this season, what's kind of going on now, and everything that happened post-show. We are talking about the recent stuff as well that happened with Aaron going on the Almost Famous podcast last Thursday and then Beth coming on my podcast on Thursday. Get their thoughts on that as well. So we'll get to that momentarily. As always, my daily roundup podcast uh, was posted a couple hours ago. It should be on your podcast feed. And for the first half of it, uh, I dedicate to Stephen Twitch Boss and the tragic death yesterday at the age of 40. And, um, you know, this is something that I think took a lot of us by surprise. And. I give a lot of thoughts in regards to social media and the role it plays in our life and how you can never really tell what's going on. And, you know, you just the outpouring of love from people in the Hollywood world for this guy is was I mean, you saw it on almost everybody's. If you follow anybody, I'd say 80 percent of your feed yesterday on Instagram probably had an Instagram story dedicated to him and. The fa- he was, you know, he was Ellen's DJ on her TV show. He was on So You Think You Can Dance. He was married to Allison Holkler, who was a former dancer on Dance with the Stars. They met on, I believe, So You Think You Can Dance. Married with three kids. For me, just a, a quick story. I told it on the Daily Roundup, but for me, they really popped into my life, or I started noticing them a lot more because I did not watch So You Think You Can Dance. I knew that Allison was married to the DJ from Ellen's show, but they didn't really pop on the scene for me until the pandemic started because that's when I started going on TikTok way more often, probably just like a lot of people because that's when TikTok really started blowing up. And either it was Steven's Twitch's TikTok account or Allison's TikTok account, but every time I was scrolling during that pandemic, the early stages, March of 2020, April into May, I'd say one of those two accounts popped up the most. And every time I saw them, I was just like, wow, this is just a cool couple. Like, they're both good-looking people, cute kids. They incorporated them into their videos, even when they didn't. Their choreography on on their TikToks was like literally top 1% of the stuff going around. You remember back in March and April when every mom and dad out there were putting out a video. Uh, these two are professional dancers. They were so good. So I can't really say I'm like too in tune with their life and knew exactly anything about them other than I knew who they were and I knew they were great dancers. But every time I saw their videos, you could just tell like they were – this guy just radiated happiness. And to hear that yesterday and, to, and the manner in which it happened – I think that caught a lot of people off guard. I I don't know how it didn't because I don't really think that, um, 
as far as I know, like I said, I'm not in tune with interviews and everything and podcasts that either of them have ever done, but I don't think that they had ever spoken out about any sort of depression or mental health issues that, that Twitch was going through, which clearly he was to uh, take his life the way that he did. So, um, so this goes out to everybody, you know, if you, uh, the holidays are coming up, some people really get triggered during the holidays, understandably so, and, uh, can be very sad for people, very depressing. So by any means, by all means, if you or someone, you know, you feel the suffering, just reach out to them and, you know, the suicide and crisis lifeline is out there. All you gotta do is dial 988. If you want to talk to anybody, talk to a family member, talk to a friend, whoever, um, but don't ever be afraid uh, to reach out because, you know, to see this story yesterday and the tragedy and leaving behind a wife and and, th- and three kids at the age of 40, uh, it, when anybody that watched them on social media would have never have thought that this was even happening behind the scenes. So um, thoughts and prayers out to uh, Allison and the kids and family members of everyone involved there. No real easy transition, obviously, but uh, on the um, Daily Roundup today, do talk about the Survivor finale last night, which completely caught me off guard again. I'm not good with that show and predictions because I missed basically everything in regards to Gabler winning. Yesterday on the Daily Roundup, I think I specifically said of the five people left, Gabler's the one that I can't see winning, (laughs) and the guy wins seven to one. You know, I'm just like, I'm totally off. Uh, Clearly, we all know by watching last night, Jesse would have won if he did get to the finals. It's clear that the jury would have voted for him. The jury was cheering for him when he was trying to build fire, but just couldn't get it done. But he was certainly going to win that thing if he didn't. And uh, very cool of Gabler to donate the whole million dollars to veterans. I mean, we've never seen that in the history of the show, so... Um, it made the jury's vote even that much more sweeter uh, that they did vote for him. And very cool of him to not even bring that up in his closing argument or his closing speech or anything like that when answering questions at the final tribal. Just did not want to get the sympathy votes, but, man, did not see that win coming at all. Uh, talk about the challenge as well. A very good twist at the end of that show, which makes a hell of a lot of sense because I was very confused after last week's episode why they were calling the show Rider Dies when they split them up. And now we know why. Because the Rider Dies are going to still be a part of the show, even if they were eliminated in the zone. Um, so that's a great twist, I think. And then um, just some, 90, some 90210 nostalgia for you this week. As uh, Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth recorded their 90210MG podcast at the Beach House in Hermosa Beach, uh, where... A lot of the show uh, filmed, well, at least the exteriors of it filmed at that beach house. So um, that is something to uh, talk about because a lot of stuff happened at the beach house if you're a 90210 fan. Today's podcast, don't forget, is brought to you by Earth Echo Foods, Danette May and Mindful Health LLC. Featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than be able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation 
with just one simple drink. You can put it in your coffee. You can put it in your shake. You can even put it in some of your foods, you know, cakes, cookies, anything like that. Just take a scoop and put it in there. You are not going to want to miss this Cacao Bliss because you get the health benefits of chocolate without worrying about any side effects. No sugars, no artificial ingredients, nothing like that. For the last eight years, they've been the leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. Just go on their website. You can see all the reviews of this stuff. It is great. And also, they have the Island Bliss, the Chai Bliss, and the Golden Superfood Bliss as well. So, for you listeners, Earth Echo is offering up to 15% off your order. You go to shop.earthechofoods.com slash realitysteve and use the promo code realitysteve. If you don't remember that URL link, of course, go to your episode description wherever you listen to your podcasts. Click on the Earth Echo Foods link. It'll bring you right to the landing page. And when you check out, after you place a giant order, just type in the promo code realitysteve. That'll get you 15% off. Also, this podcast is brought to you by StoryWorth. You're going to be spending a lot of time with the holidays, obviously, with loved ones, hopefully. Uh, chances are you're going to hear a lot of stories, and the ones you love to hear, the ones you've heard so many times. But have you ever wanted to help your loved one document those timeless love stories or any stories? It can be kind of challenging to write an entire book of life memories, but StoryWorth is going to make it fun and easy for them. This is how it works. Every week... StoryWorth is going to email your loved one a single life-related question that you pick from their collection, like what's the bravest thing you've ever done, what's the farthest you've ever traveled, what's your favorite memory from high school, something like that. All they have to do is reply to that story. Then after one year, StoryWorth is going to take all their answers and all their stories and all their memories and even photos they want to upload and put it into an exquisite hardcover book that's creating a valued keepsake. My mother did this. It was one of her favorite gifts ever. Millions of stories have also been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. Get started for with, with your loved one for the holidays. And before you know it, next year, you'll both be cherishing these timeless stories for generations to come. This is a long-term payoff because this is going to be a book that's going to have so many pages and so many things in it. It's going to be well worth the time. Trust me. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to StoryWorth.com slash Steve today and save $10 off your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash Steve to save $10 on your first purchase. All right, let's get going. Here it is, podcast number 317. All right, let's bring them in. You know them from the She's All Batch podcast. It is co-hosts Stephanie Parker and Jackie Maroney. Ladies, how you doing? Hi, good. How are you? I'm great. Um, would we? Thanks for having us back. No, no problem. Would we? Am I? Am I considered a fought? Am I? Am I? Am I uh, <laughs> a fought for you guys? It's a fought. Fought. There's an S at the end. Yes, friends of the show. F O T S. You guys yeah. are now selling merchandise for the fots of your show. Tell people how they can get merchandise for your show. Yeah. Jackie? Yeah, no. Well, so we actually just did a flash sale for the merch. So um, it was on sale for a little over a week, two weeks. And so then the people who purchased during that time recently just got their merch and have been tagging us in it, which has been really cool. But right now we don't have any for sale. We're in the future going to set up a more permanent shop, but we're still looking into mm. options for that. Gotcha. When do I when... To find out? 
sorry, sorry. The best way to find out about merch in the future is just going to She's All Batch on Instagram because the next time we do merch or have another flash sale, it'll be there. So to answer your question. Okay. We'll so I will be waiting in anticipation for my T-shirt to uh, be arriving in the mail. So Yeah, honestly, <laughs> we would have just sent you one. All of them have... Um, they're they're all like hot pink outlining. I'm not sure which color you would like. So <laughs> maybe next round we'll make one, you know, different colors. And I, I know we've been talking about that with like we had thought about sending some shirts to some people, and we were going back and forth. We're like, mm, well, they wear a fox shirt if there's like pink outlining, but I think it's fine. I think it would suit you, Steve. More of a uh, you know? more of a hot lavender type of guy. No, I'm kidding. Um, a hot lavender. Yeah, that was. <clears throat> I just, what color is that? I just made up that color. I added I added hot to lavender, and like so um, but yeah no if you want to send me something my uh, by all means um, I, I don't know um, our next flash sale it's something's coming your way don't worry Steve gotcha okay um, I want to wrap up I know you guys have talked about it on your podcast but I want to talk about it on mine as well um, mm. wrap up Bachelor in Paradise and the season that we. Had I think obviously the biggest story to come out of Bachelor in Paradise was the Victoria Johnny Greg situation that took so many weird turns and both of them have done podcasts post show which has added to it because you know we all know that Bachelor in Paradise filmed in June and so much happened from the time it was done filming till the time the finale aired till the time the the reunion show aired and taped so. It was like what we saw on TV was kind of irrelevant, you know, sitting there watching Victoria tell Johnny she could never see him not in her life. And it just is like, okay, it's just in one ear out the other when we know that she was with Greg at that time, by the time, you know, we were seeing that air on TV. So, Stephanie, I'll start with you. Your take on the Victoria, Johnny and Greg situation. And I, I, I think you have a little bit of. Maybe insight to this. I don't even know if you're allowed to share it. Maybe you can. If you can't, that's fine. But if you can't share it, just tell me your thoughts on how everything played out. But you guys had Chris Souls on your podcast. And we know that Chris Souls was dating Victoria. Um, I think it was last <laughs> last year, last summer. When, yeah. when Chris Souls found out that Victoria was going on Bachelor in Paradise, are you allowed to talk about that reaction or no? Okay. Um, Sorry. So, so Chris, Chris is a fox. He's a friend of the show for sure. Um, I actually was the person that told Chris that Victoria got engaged. So, hmm. Okay, I'll tell you this. I was the one that told Chris that he got engaged. Or that sorry, I was the one that told Chris that Victoria got engaged. This was before any of the Greg stuff happened. This is. And this was through you, like your spoiler. I yeah, was like so July ish, right? Yeah, 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 I was about to have a call with Chris to record something for the podcast, and I was on the phone with him, like kind of just prepping. And I'm like, I just want to give you a heads up of something, and so I don't like blindside you on the podcast. But I tell him, and I'll just say that we ended up not having that call that day because he wasn't um, interested in. I think he wasn't maybe ready to talk about it. So I think he was he was very shocked. I'll say that. I don't want to speak for him. Yeah. But he wasn't expecting her to get engaged. But as we all know, that's no longer the case. So 
Well, I, I yeah. mean, it, it, it was interesting, and you know, we, I'm sure you guys have heard Johnny do his two podcasts since the finale aired and the reunion aired, and you know, Victoria and Greg going on on a Nick's podcast. And while I do see some of what Victoria is saying in that, look, when I went down to the beach in June. None of Johnny's season had aired. It had, you know, we know that Gabby and Rachel's season didn't even start airing till July. So she went a full three weeks with Johnny, never having seen this guy on TV and not even knowing what the hell happened on his season. We don't know what he told her off camera, but my guess is producers told him, look, you can't just reveal what happened on Gabby's season and Rachel's season. You can't just blurt out to them everything that happened. Just keep it fairly generic, which it sounds like he did. So in a way, I understand that Victoria got into a relationship with a guy who literally two months earlier told Gabby he wasn't ready to be engaged. She gets off the show. She gets engaged to him. She gets off the show. She watches this and is like, wait, well, why'd you get engaged to me if two months ago you couldn't get engaged to Gabby? So I get it to a certain extent, but there's also a part of me that's like, we well, got to understand this is part of the show. Like he can't tell you yeah, all this. But I also, I mean, I think that could just mean Gabby wasn't his person. I don't think that's as crazy. Like he wasn't ready to get engaged to Gabby based on where their relationship was at that time. I don't think that means that if he met the right one, that he would not be ready to get engaged. I think it's all about meeting the right person. So I don't know if like she should have I mean, sure, it's jarring to hear, but I don't know if that's that big of a deal because I would be happy if I found out the guy I was with wasn't ready to get engaged to someone else. I only want him to be ready to get engaged to me. Well, Jack, I mean, I I, I happen to take it like when I watched the finale of Rachel and Gabby's season, I took Johnny telling Gabby that that he wasn't ready in general. I didn't take it to be specific to her. That's what I took. I, he just seemed like he was at a point in his life where he wasn't ready to be engaged, and then all of a sudden, two months later, he was. And look, Jackie, we know that there's a – I want to address this to you. We know that there's actually you know, clearly a lot of producer involvement in getting down to that final day and the pressure to get engaged rather than to leave as a couple. Some they leave – let leave as a couple. Some they want broken up. Some they want engaged. And clearly, I don't think, based on what Johnny said two months earlier to Gabby, to where he was at the beach, where they clearly still had issues, he probably shouldn't have gotten engaged to her. Um, obviously, you know, taking everything out I, I, with Greg out of the equation, he probably wasn't ready to be engaged to her anyway. And but I mean, obviously, different people have different opinions. What what did you take of the whole situation? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do kind of see Stephanie's point of, you know, I feel like you're not ready to get engaged until you are with the right person. Um, I think, though, in Johnny's case, you know, he talked a lot about on the show how he felt very insecure, always felt like he wasn't good enough for Victoria. And I think he was still coming into that situation at the point where, yeah, you're right, he probably wasn't ready to get engaged and shouldn't have, but he felt that he had to because he didn't want to lose her in that moment. He thought if he didn't get engaged, then she would walk away, which probably would have happened. I'm not so sure. Um, So, yeah, I'm not sure he was necessarily ready or had done the work in between, like, being on Gabby season and being on Paradise to really be in a position where anything was different for him. And the ring is free. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, we're looking at it now and looking back on it, Johnny definitely had a lot of insecurities and Victoria mm-hmm. seemed to play into them. And what happened post-show, it's a lot of he said, she said. And, you know, as I've said the last few days regarding this, nobody knows if Johnny called Victoria a fucking C during their relationship. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows if she said that, well, I mean, it was, it was said that John Johnny said at the, the reunion taping that wasn't shown in the episode that Mm -hmm. Victoria told him I'm out of your league. We do know that she did admit to throwing a wine glass. So the thing we don't Mm -hmm. know is if the F and C happened, the one person that does is the therapist because Victoria said on her podcast with Nick, in therapy, the therapist told Johnny, do you understand why saying that to her? Not saying that she is one, but she's acting like one. Do you understand why that could be problematic? So there is one person who does know, and that's the therapist. But we're never going to get the therapist on, and we're never going to hear if it's true or not. So when you heard both podcasts, we'll go back to you, Stephanie, on this. When you heard both podcasts of... Johnny on with Almost Famous and I think Clickbait and then Victoria on with Nick, Victoria and Greg on with Nick. Did you get any more clarity and did you take more of a side with one or the other over it? Well, wait, before I forget, do you know what Victoria's reaction was when Johnny brought up that she said that I'm out of your league? Because that's the one question I still have. Like, why didn't they air that part? Was it because it was going to not make her look good? Because you had the sources tell you that that's what was said. Yeah, what, and, and along, along with the, the the wine glass throwing, which she obviously admitted right. to. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she uh, – I can't – honestly, I have to go back and look at my notes. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if she denied it or not. But if we know that she didn't deny the wine glass, um, my guess is she probably didn't deny it. And honestly, knowing her reputation precedes her, is it really far-fetched to think that she told Johnny that at some point during uh, a heat-of-the-moment argument? Not to me, you know. I, I don't I, I, I don't find it unbelievable to think that she said she was out of his league. Yeah, that, that makes me sad that, that she would say something like that to him, especially since he's, like, expressed his insecurities in his looks or just not feeling good enough as a person. Like, that's kind of a low blow if she actually did that we did a whole breakdown of actually all three interviews on uh the she's all batch podcast last week and it's there's so much like there's so much takeaway i think my biggest what i can conclude from all of it is that there is for sure overlap somewhere and in my gut i feel like victoria probably did want to end things with johnny but maybe it wasn't as easy based on their relationships and she started things with Greg and in quote in her heart to quote Ed Wyatt, like maybe in her heart, she felt like things were over, but like it wasn't clear to Johnny because Johnny even says on clickbait before they were spotted in Rome, he talked to her two days prior. Why are you even talking at that point? If you really were broken up and you wanted nothing to do with him and he was toxic, why are you still talking to him? And then going on an international trip with Greg two days later. So things like that don't add up i don't know if you know this steve but jackie and i take credit for greg not going to paradise (laughs) 
Is it because you know story? It, no? Is it because is it have anything to do with his ex at the time? I thought he was with his ex. That's why he couldn't go. Yeah. Well, there was a whole thing, Jackie. Well, I'll let you you tell the story. Yeah. Tell the story. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so this was around. So this, yeah, this was the beginning of the summer, around the time where they were rumored to start filming Paradise soon. We knew Greg had this girlfriend, this model who lives in France, who's overseas. So they're doing this weird long distance thing. He had talked about it on a few podcasts at that time. Um, and they were following each other, you know, nothing, nothing to see here. And then right before paradise was supposedly going to start filming, he, un- they both unfollow each other. And then he kind of cryptically says, Oh, I'm, I'm leaving my apartment in Brooklyn, spending the summer in spring Lake, like, you know, breaking his lease, which would make sense if you were planning to spend a bunch of time away from your home. So, we kind of were like, hmm, why would they unfollow each other? That's peculiar timing. Do you think he's going to go to paradise and he's trying to hide the fact that he was seeing this girl? And it got picked up by a lot of places. Um, Almost Famous talked about it with Ben Higgins and Ashley Kennedy. They they discussed it. Um, I think Dave Neal covered it at one point. And so we kind of heard through the grapevine that Greg knew that this story was going on about him. Um, well, wait, there's one so more he, detail. He So they unfollowed. Well, they unfollow each other to make it look like they've broken up. But then yeah. Claymont is the model and she can't put her phone down. So she was Instagram storying walking around Spring Lake, New Jersey. So she's walking and we freeze framed the video and we saw a building in the background and we were able to identify it was a liquor store in Spring Lake, New Jersey. So we were able to piece together that even though they unfollowed each other, she was literally staying in Spring Lake with him. So we felt why are you doing all of this? Why did you move out of your New York or New York apartment? Why are you unfollowing the girl that you're still seeing? So yeah, if she's still there. And then once we put that out, like we basically just shared what we were able to find people in the area. were like, Oh, I just saw them like at bar a in New Jersey. I just saw them there. So we were like, the only conclusion we can come to is, did you unfollow each other? Because Greg wanted to appear single to potentially go on paradise. So I feel like Greg maybe would have gone on Paradise if the story didn't point that he was in a relationship. Interesting. Didn't know that. I mean, I all I had heard was he was seeing that girl when Paradise filming began. But when you look at it in the scope of what was done post-show and the timelines based on both podcasts, it is kind of an overlap there and Jackie when I look at this the one question that I wish Nick would have asked um Victoria and Greg is you know they they made it perfectly clear like hey it was strictly platonic and nothing happened even at Natalie's party we barely even talked I spoke to Justin for two hours that night I'm surprised people didn't think I was dating Justin how much time I spent talking to him and yada 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 I think one of the things though that I wish would have been asked was look Maybe you didn't emotionally cheat or physically cheat, but is the reason you kind of had and ended things with Johnny because you were speaking with Greg and because you knew he was interested? Like, you got to at least go there and be like, look, don't tell me he didn't play a role in the demise of you and Johnny's relationship. Totally. Um, Yeah, I wish Nick had pressed them on that a little bit more, um, especially because Greg had said that 
Yeah, well, they both had admitted to kind of talking about, oh, are you going to paradise? Are you not going to paradise? And so first off, they say that that was a very platonic, casual question. But why would you ask that if you didn't hope to see the other person there? Um, but Greg said that he didn't end up going to paradise, and but yet was hoping Victoria came back single from the situation. And this is the time he's supposedly dating this other girl, which was, according to him, the reason why he didn't go to paradise. Why would you hope that she came back single if you know it was just platonic and there was nothing there also from victoria's perspective um as soon as she got off the beach she was saying to johnny that she needed to call greg and tell him that she was engaged why if you um if you guys are just platonic friends i don't think that conversation is really necessary so i wish nick had pushed them on that a little bit more i think clearly even if there wasn't such overt flirting or whatever it was there was definitely attraction on both of their ends um and i think it just kind of leads me to the conclusion that you know we know we were just talking about how johnny was not really ready or in a place to get engaged and i don't think victoria was in a place to get engaged either if she was still having these lingering feelings for someone who she feels that she needs to call the second she gets off the beach to tell them that she's engaged so i would like to know more about that situation for sure yeah i think that there's you know like i said the stories have kind of gotten mixed and obviously when you go on Nick's podcast and Nick is friends with them and Victoria is his girlfriend's best friend it's just like okay you're only going to get a a certain amount of coverage here of them because everything they said made it seem like you know I, I yes she admitted to the wine glass throwing and and she did take accountability for some things but I think they easily could have been pressed and you know I I honestly think that you know one thing that's going underreported I've brought it up numerous times I don't know if you guys have but was Victoria's interview with Almost Famous uh, excuse excuse me the Clip Ache podcast back last year uh, in April of last year and it not only was it the Clickbait podcast it was an Us Weekly cover story it was in People.com about how Victoria had made this giant proclamation that um, she was saving herself for marriage. And I'm not even going down the sex road of this. The other thing that she followed it up with was how much of a role God is playing in her life now. And every guy that she dates from here on out, the first question she's going to ask them said that specifically on the clickbait podcast was what role does Jesus play God play in your life? And ever since paradise reunion taped every interview that Victoria has done, anything she's ever posted about Greg, not one time have I heard one thing about Greg's relationship with God. It's always been, he's been there for me. He's been supportive. He's been nothing but great. You would think at some point it would come up that yes, all these great traits that Greg had, but you know what? He's got a great relationship with God. She's never mentioned it once. So it either makes her phony now for her giant proclamation last year or made her phony then. And she was bullshitting us a year ago. Either way, I think it needs to be addressed and it should have been brought up. Hey, and and I'm not even talking about, Hey, did you save yourself for marriage with Greg and Johnny? No, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about you went on a podcast. You did an interview, numerous interviews where you talked about how you've changed your life. And now Jesus is a major part of it. Um, how has that happened? How is that still going? And, uh, does Greg have that relationship with the Lord? Like you said, every future boyfriend, you're going to ask that as your first question. And were you aware of this interview? I was aware of the interview. I am actually not as like pulled to this. Like I don't, I think they could have easily had these conversations outside of interviews and off camera. Maybe if the, if she talked about, 
God with Johnny, they're certainly not going to air that on Bachelor in Paradise. No, not on the show. I'm talking about post-show and in the interviews that they've done since. Yeah, but then in the interviews, but I feel like, honestly, there were probably more pressing questions. I don't actually, I would assume probably Greg's a spiritual person and maybe they connected on that level and that's good for them. But I feel like, I I don't know, I think maybe... There was so much more at hand. Maybe it'll come up in the future. I don't know. I don't want to completely write off that they she was lying about that or she was phony about that. Maybe it's just there's so many bigger topics right now that they're not focusing on that. Like at least talking about it in the public. Oh, I don't. I don't expect a giant proclamation. But of all the compliments she's given Greg post show, I just think it would come up in one sentence. And I love the fact that he's got a relationship with God and. We, we've connected on that level because, I mean, yeah. it's it's not like it was a throwaway thing. She spent 20 minutes on the Clickbait podcast a year ago talking about how much of a change she has made in her life and how much of a role God plays in her life. And ever since that interview, I've not seen or heard one thing since that reflects that. So you would Wasn't think the same podcast where she said she'll never share her boyfriends on social media. Then she also on her Instagram story, she has a whole story uh, saved uh, about her tattoo removal, saying she's never going to get a tattoo again. So I feel like there's a lot of things that maybe, like, when Greg Grippo enters your life, yeah, it changes. I, I, and I, that that kind of my point here is that it just seems like, what are we supposed to believe when it comes to her? Because if you talk about it so much and it plays such an important role in your life, you would think it would get brought up uh, a year later. But, you know, maybe not. But I think the biggest thing, like you said, it, the biggest thing with this is, kind of just the the timeline is so confusing and i i still don't know to this day if we really know the full timeline like hey we ended the engagement but we were still dating or at least still talking or trying to make it work and then the natalie party happens and right after that he goes to see her in nashville and that's when he feels like she was checked out and victoria's like no it was it was pretty much done the, the natalie party like i'm so all over yeah, the I map mean, with this yeah i mean you make a good point Steve, that we don't really know the full timeline. And I think that's because, like, Johnny and Victoria don't even really know the full timeline. Because, like you said, I think there was so much unclarity with, or are they together? Are they not together? Oh, they're ending an engagement, but they're still working on the relationship. Like, Johnny said so many things in his past two interviews that led me to believe that there were times where Victoria thought they were broken up and he did not because they were still talking and he thought they were still working on things. So I think that's why this is so messy because it's like they don't even know the real timeline of when they were together and when they weren't together. Yeah. And I think Victoria, it sounds to me like Johnny wanted to make it work way more than Victoria did. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. if you just go off the Nick interview, it seems like Victoria was checked out the second he called her an F and C and which she has every right to be. If that's the case, but then make it a little more clear, because even after he did that, you still did keep talking to him. They did. She didn't say, like, from the second he called me that I cut off all communication. No, it seemed like after he called her that they went to counseling. So why would Johnny think that they were broken up? You know, it just you wouldn't you you wouldn't keep going to counseling with somebody that you were broken up with and didn't want to see anymore. Right. Totally. And in, I th- I can't remember if it was Almost Famous or Clickbait, Johnny had said that they started doing therapy in the beginning of October and it was Victoria's idea. Meanwhile, she's saying that the relationship had been over for well over a month at that point. So yeah. if you're su- the one suggesting to go to therapy, how can Johnny think that it's over? Yeah. It's very confusing. 
Yeah. Also, there was the thing that they said Rome was their first date, but then in the Nick podcast, they said they spent a, we- a weekend, weekend in or a couple of days in Nashville at an Airbnb. And it's like, how do you, how do you just not mention that part though until the Nick interview and say that Rome was your first date? Like you, you weren't just acquaintances who said, "Hey, let's hop on a flight to Italy." You were people that spent the night together at an Airbnb. That that Johnny referred to as a honeymoon suite. Yeah. Like was that a was that a happy couple that she took Greg to instead of Johnny? Do it's very know? it's very possible. And let's all let's also not forget in the podcast from a year ago on Clickbait, she specifically said, I would not go on a trip with a guy. So again, yet another <laughs> Yeah. She would just another thing where you're just like, Okay, it seems like it's a lot of in one ear out the other when stuff comes out of Victoria's mouth. Um, you know, I I don't know if we're ever going to get the the true answers to this. I think the shade being thrown, the uh, the subtle shade being thrown by Johnny all around Instagram is kind of comical. It's not, you know, mean spirited. You know, Nick says, you know, why don't you come on my pat- podcast, Johnny? And then Johnny just responds with a song that has the lyrics of fucking liar. And, you know, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of comical at this point. It doesn't look like we're ever going to get the true answers. Both of them, like you said, they don't even seem to have their timelines uh, lined up, but they were never going to be long term anyway. It seems like from the very get go, they were having issues and that was supposed to be during like the honeymoon period of your relationship. And, and, and like I said, kind of in the very beginning, Victoria's and Johnny said one of our first fights was the fact that, you know, Victoria and I were engaged before one episode of Gabby and Rachel season even aired. So she had to sit through that season and watch me promote the season and talk about Gabby. And she got upset at that. That's where I'm not on Victoria's side because she has to understand like, number one, look, yes, I guess I, I get it would be hard to watch that back, but number one, he's moved on from Gabby and you're the one that has the ring on your finger. So it can't really affect you that much. And you two, you have to understand he has to do that. It's part of the show. Like he has to talk about it and you know, you have to understand that when he was filming that back in March through May of this year, he was saying those things about Gabby because he was interested in her, but he's moved on from that. He's with you now. Why can't you just, it, it really kind of stuck out to me that he said that's what they were fighting over. And she had a hard time getting over that when Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I can't side with her on that. Uh, you got to get I over that. Up, I brought up the comparison, this exact, uh, that you're saying i brought up the comparison of like it's not like it was serene watching brandon with michelle because because i can understand that like brandon being so devastated that that they're breaking up and and just totally professing his love for michelle and he was so all in on michelle i could understand why that would be really difficult for serene to watch but you literally watch this guy voluntarily leave like he didn't want to be there anymore yeah like it wasn't that deep between them yeah I mean, at least from what I saw on TV, that was my opinion. Between between Johnny and Gabby, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. It didn't seem like it was. I think I think a lot of us were surprised that Johnny even made it as as far as he did on Gabby's mm-hmm. season. I mean, if Logan doesn't get COVID, it's possible Logan lasts further than Johnny does. We don't know, but totally. I think you know, looking back on it, and another thing that screwed up the timeline was the fact that. You know, Johnny was saying that he and Victoria were she got mad at that, you know, watching and it's like, okay, well, 
that would be and that would kind of be end of August, beginning of September. By the time those particular episodes were airing, where he was really starting to open up about Gabby. So again, throws off the timeline. So confusing. Mm. No idea. Um, we can talk about Victoria and Johnny until we're blue in the face. Uh, we've we've already spent a lot of time on them. I want to I want to get to talking about the other interesting couple from this uh, season of Bachelor in Paradise, and that was. Aaron and Genevieve, and it was once again a situation where it was really disturbing, kind of what we saw on screen, and then obviously a lot of off-the-screen drama in the stuff that I reported. So, Stephanie, with you, I'm sure you listened to Aaron on with Almost Famous, and then uh, hopefully you know you listened to <laughs> Beth on with me the next day uh, on Friday last yeah. week, and... I don't know, just get your overall opinions on, on what you heard from Aaron and Beth and exactly, I don't know, where you stand on everything. Yeah. Well, one thing, I think Ashley did a really good job with Almost Famous because I think Ben was kind of letting him get away with some stuff. And Ashley was like, well, wait, no, that doesn't add up. And she was really questioning him. So I was really proud of how she handled that because that's hard to like keep digging at your guest over and over to get them to admit to something. Aaron, I, I mean, after hearing both interviews and hearing two sides of the story, it seemed like in the almost famous episode, he was trying to say that she said something homophobic to him in order for us to be distracted by what actually happened. And then when you hear her story, it was like, well, it kind of seemed like he thought if he brought up that story, we would all forget about what he actually did. And yeah. it kind of seemed cheap to me. I also agree with you, Steve, and I wrote you about this, that you were like, isn't it alarming how many times he said we got into another blowout fight like that? That stuck out to me, too, because I think he has extreme anger issues. And I wouldn't say that I've had that many blowout fights with one person in a short period of time. Like it was very jarring to hear him talk that way, like so nonchalantly. Yeah. Jackie. Yeah. Um, I think the most interesting part after hearing, well, you know, both sides of the story, Aaron on, almost famous and then was it Beth we're calling her on yeah. your podcast um was that like she has the receipts and he doesn't and you know he kept going back to like oh yeah uh well I would show them but I, I don't want to or like you know I don't want to expose someone who's not consenting to that and then you had said Steve when you were talking to Beth you're like clearly Beth is consenting show it like she knows what she sent to you and what your conversations were so the fact that like she's willing to show what she can. I know she doesn't have her text messages, but she has Instagram DMs and things of that sort. And he clearly has that stuff as well. And we're assuming also text messages and is not willing to share. I think that says it all, honestly. Yeah. I think he's at a point where, I mean, I don't think he's going to address this at all because I think he knows he's been backed into a corner. And I don't know if you heard my podcast the other day uh, on Monday, but um, you know, since Friday's podcast with Beth posted, I had Aaron's ex-girlfriend who lived with him for three years before any of this happened. It was 2016 to 2020. She was with him and she lived with him for the last three years of their relationship. You know, she reached out to me and said, I listened to your Beth interview. It was, you know, kind of frightening uh, how familiar this sounded uh, in terms of my relationship with him. And she asked wow. me if she could reach out to Beth because she wanted to talk to Beth because she really appreciated her coming forward and appreciated how Beth handled uh, Genevieve and was looking out for her as well. The fact that Beth even took the time to reach out to Genevieve and, and tell her. 
And so Beth and his ex have now been in contact and swapping stories. And, you know, look, (laughs) at this point, I think it's just when this many women have something to say about you and their relationship with you, it's kind of like, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire. But then you listen to Aaron on Almost Famous, and it's just like at no point did he really ever take any ownership over any of his behavior. It just... It was constantly, oh, it was because of this, or it was because of this. And, yeah, maybe I could have handled it a little bit better, but – and then he went into something else to to pin Mm -hmm. it on them. Like, that's that's where it gets to be – I really think he's very not self-aware of how he comes across. Totally. And, and you know, like, at the end of the day, it's – while I am leaning more towards believing Beth, it's always going to be a he said, she said. But what I am 100% certain on is that, like, when he went to Paradise and dated Genevieve, he had no intention of continuing a relationship outside of the show. And I think that's very clear. Yeah. No, for for sure. Uh, and, and he can say, like, I was open to it or whatever, but... You know, there's really no way for any of us to prove it, but we can certainly form an opinion knowing all this information. And yeah, yeah, I really wish he, you know, he can talk about, like you had mentioned, Stephanie, about the homophobic slur. You know, that just becomes a let's discredit Beth and let's discredit this person. And as I said on the podcast, even if you believed, and let's just say you think Beth is lying, and you believe that she was the one that dropped a homophobic slur on him, in his interview with Almost Famous, he basically said, because of that, I ended things with her. And yet, two weeks later, not only was he with her, they were back together and then raising a dog together, and clearly he was seeing her all the time. So that's what also throws his story completely out of whack. Even if you are to believe that she did that, he made it seem like on Almost Famous that was the end of her, and oh, I could never you know deal with somebody who called me that. And then yet he was trying to make amends with her, and he did make amends with her, and saw her for months after that. So clearly, he was lying. Yeah, and I think the whole I want to respect her privacy, but I'm also going on a podcast and talking for 45 minutes mm-hmm. about details of our relationship. I'm not buying that. Yeah. I think if she literally texted him and said, "I'm sorry that my friend treated you that way," because that's her defense, right? That yeah. she her friend called him that, not her. And if she said like, "I'm sorry on my friend's behalf," and he's like, "It's cool, don't worry about it." If he has that text message, like obviously he's not going to share it because then it disproves his entire defense. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why she was like, look, I don't have it on my phone or else, Steve, obviously I would have given it to you. And you could see that the day after that happened, I texted him to apologize for my friend's behavior. But he's got it, assuming his texts don't delete after 30 days so he can release it. I'm giving him permission. And, yeah, I understand his stance that, oh, I'm not one to release private text messages unless both parties are consenting. Well, in this case... The two parties are Aaron and Beth, and Beth says, go ahead and release them. So why wouldn't Aaron release them to back up his story where Beth has released everything that she possibly could to back up everything that she has said in the podcast or in the DM exchange that she had with Amy? You know, everything he she's backed it up. Ashley, he told Ashley because Ashley was kept what she was pressing him, and he's like, I'll send you the text messages, but I don't want you to post it. I w- there's no way they like got off that call and he's like, okay, let me go and send Ashley these messages now. 
Yeah, and you got to remember the Beth interview happened afterwards, so whatever yeah. he was going to send Ashley, it wasn't. I, I don't know what he planned on sending Ashley, but it was more to prove whatever about Beth. And I don't look. Beth came out the next day and said, "Hey." I apologized, and I was the one that never even said it. And his whole story was, oh, my God, she called me that. I Why would I want to deal with somebody like that when uh, apparently you weren't even bothered by it in the least bit? You said it was cool, things happened, and you were trying to get with her and did get with her numerous times after that and saw her on numerous occasions and helped raise her dog with her. Like, he's, it's just, I, I don't know how else to put it. He's been caught with his pants down. He's a liar. Simple. Yeah. I don't know where we go from here with him. I hope he just stays quiet and and it doesn't uh, reach any other like, oh, I'm going to bring out this. And maybe he feels compelled to, I don't know, post some sort of text message. But I can't imagine there's anything out there that is going to uh, support him. But, yeah, the, I think the whole blowout fight thing is is certainly another point to be made about how many times is this guy having blowout fights with women and women that he's close to? We know of at least three. We know we <laughs> we witnessed him have one with Genevieve on numerous occasions, more than one. Beth has admitted it, and he admitted it uh, on the Almost Famous with Amy that he had a blowout fight with her, and that's why things ended with her. So that's three. <laughs> uh, that is probably three too many, you know? Yeah, it wasn't surprising to me when he said it. When he kept saying it, and he was referencing different different fights, yeah. it's not like he kept referencing the one. He's like, yeah, then in January we had this blowout fight and we stopped talking, and then in in March we had this blowout fight. And I'm like, wait, like why are you admitting to this? Because that just makes him look so much worse. Like he just looks like a guy that's difficult to date <laughs> after what we saw on TV, and now he's admitting that off camera he's still arguing like that. That's just exhausting. Who has time for that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Jackie, when you look at him and you watch how he acted on television and then you listen to him on Almost Famous, does it sound like somebody that, I'm going to say that anybody can date, but does this sound like somebody who clearly has everything under control and he's very thoughtful about how he interacts with women? Because it certainly doesn't come across that way to me. No, it does not come across that way to me either. I think absolutely not. And it most certainly does not sound like someone who's ready to even consider getting engaged or anything of the sort. So, you know, talk about wrong reasons for sure. And I think it was interesting, too, because when he was explaining the conversation that he had with Beth about deciding whether he was going to go to paradise or not, because she was leaving for something in Europe for work. And he was like, oh, and I'm going to go to paradise. And the, even the language he was using of like, oh, you know, you got to ride this wave. You have, this opportunity is worth it, all this stuff. And so there's no intention of really going for a relationship at all. This is someone who clearly is not ready for a relationship, not ready for engagement, clearly gets in these blowout fights with women, women, which it, is not great and he should probably reflect on that before getting more women involved in these blowout fights and let's just hope i mean it's been back-to-back -back seasons the whole aaron and james thing and they're bros and they go down to paradise together nobody as far as i can remember in eight seasons of paradise nobody's been on three times i hope that their two seasons are done let's not make aaron and yeah. james or or even you know i have no problem with james but amanda stanton 
Wasn't she I don't think she did three. I think she did two as well. Oh. I think it was back to back seasons as well. Claire did two. There's been quite a few that did two. I don't think anybody's been asked to do it three times. Now you can say Crystal Ashley. Cassie? I'm like really trying to dig in my brain. <laughs> no, I think he only did two. Um, Ashley technically was on three times or two seasons with Jared, and then they came back as a couple. But I'm talking about I mean, like yeah, no, yeah. I I don't think anyone's been on there as a contestant three times in the uh, in the eight seasons they've had it. So I hope they keep that streak going, and Aaron is not brought back for a third time next season. And my guess is he won't. I just think he needs to move on and 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 stay out of the whole bachelor nation thing. It looks like he's having his fun in San Diego with all his boys and that's fine. Go do your thing, but just stay off the show because it looks like it's just been nothing but trouble for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to hear more from Genevieve's side too now. Now that yeah. all this has come out, like yeah. he didn't like she yeah. didn't even really come up. When he was talking. Yeah, I mean they talked about Anything he talked about with Genevieve was what happened on the show, and clearly they didn't talk about anything. And, you know, post-show, they did mention, oh, no, you know, Ben asked him, why didn't you ever reach? That was Ben's big question to him is, how did you never reach out to Genevieve from the time you got back from Mexico until the time you sat down on the couch for after the Final Rose reunion show? And he answered that, but I didn't, I didn't really dig his answer. I didn't think it was a good answer. Um, he absolutely could have reached out to her to check in on her and say, hey, what's up or whatever. And he never did. They first time they saw each other, first time they spoke was when they filmed that um, five months after they left Mexico. So, yeah, I mean, that was my thing. And like I said, I think Ashley did a good job. And I don't know. Maybe people know this. Maybe they don't. And I don't, maybe I'm not supposed to be sharing this or whatever. But Beth spoke with Ashley before that interview. And that's why Ashley tried to hold Aaron accountable. I mean, she did dig a little bit, but I get the position that they're in and that they don't want to. When you have a guest on, you want to be respectful, but it's mm-hmm. almost like a guest like Aaron, you have to go into it saying, hey, I really want to dig into this stuff. And she, while she did ask some tough questions and she did say like, wait, 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 you know, clarify this real quick. And what about this timeline? At no point, the thing I was big, and I guess the biggest thing I was disappointed in and if I were to have Aaron on or Amy on, even though I never will, but is like, hey, Aaron, these two women had a conversation back and forth while you were off filming. Amy said that you told her Beth was nobody in your life. Beth, and then Aaron, Beth told Amy that you told her that Amy was not important in your life. Like, they had specifics, and they never went into any of them. They never read one sentence from any of the Instagram messages that Amy and Beth sent to each other, and I thought that's what they were bringing him on for, was to address what these two women said about him and the fact that they said, what an asshole, I can't believe he did this to us. They never addressed any of that. They just kind of in general said, what about these two women? And he basically discredited Beth and said, yeah, Amy's someone I've known for four years. That's where I was a little mm-hmm. bit disappointed. Yeah. But I we get gotta it. get him on She's All Batch so we yeah. can really Yeah, get, get, get Aaron on She's All Batch <laughs> and yeah, get him on She's All Batch and then you guys can do it. But yeah. you know, it's tough. You guys interview contestants from the show, whether it's, you know, some recent ones or you know, people from the past. And it's a tough thing because you, you you're asking them to come on as a guest, 
But yeah. you, you, you do want to ask the questions that people want to know about. And sometimes it's not all positive, but you also are like, how far am I going to go with this? And unless you talk about it beforehand, for the most part, you ask the general question of it and then don't ask the follow up to it, which is kind of what Ashley did. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could when you had Chris Souls on, you could have dug way deep into stuff. But I know that there was a, 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 a section where you just all right, I'll just stop it here. But I get it. Well, for what point? What, which one? Um, I, I off the top of my head, I can't remember. But I'm just Chris, Chris Souls. We asked. We got so you may be mixing him up because the Chris Souls interview is fairly old. That's like almost a year old, I think. Was that a year ago? Yeah. He admitted on that interview, it was one of our juicier ones, he admitted that um, had Becca said yes, he wouldn't have chosen Whitney, which I thought that was crazy to actually admit, considering that was your fiancé. He admitted to a lot of stuff in that one. Did you guys, I, I can't remember, because like you said, I think it was a year ago. Did you guys talk about um, the car? Um, No, but because I... I, that's what I, I mean. Know. That's what I, I mean. I could never interview Chris because people would be like, how do you not ask him about that? But I get why you well, couldn't. I also don't have an interest. I don't really want to. And we bring on people to talk about their experience on the show, less about their personal life, really. So we had so many questions specifically for him about his experience on the show. And he was tied to so many women from the show. Yeah. I honestly didn't really... And on, no one asked why we didn't bring that up either. Oh, okay. I mean, I know I would have been asked. If, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but that's the reason why I, it would be something to where, like, if I, um, if I were to have Chris on, I would have to tell him beforehand, I have to ask about this. And if he says, I can't talk about it or I don't want to talk about it, then I'd probably just cancel the interview. I wouldn't be able to do it because I know that people would kind of ask me or want me to do it. And, I'd be like, well, Chris, I kind of have to bring this up. It's it's a major part of what people want to know about you, and that's where that's where it gets into the whole show aspect versus personal aspect. And you know, I get it. Uh, it's 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 gotten to a point now where, um, I mean, I can't even talk to contestants anymore, at least recent ones. So it's like I can't even. I can't even broach it. But then when it's even contestants from years past, you're like, do you really want to dig with this person? Because their answer could always be, I mean, Jesus, Steve, this was years ago. Why are we bringing this up again? But it's like, okay, but it did happen. It was important. Like at the time, it was a huge deal. Like Ben Flanick or something like that. I remember when I spoke to Ben Flanick. Yeah, it was five years after his season with, with Courtney and everything. But, it had to be asked the things that he said and things that he did and the way it was like a no brainer that he was picking Courtney. Um, it was like important yeah, well, at the time, but then now you're just like, why are you digging on something like this? You know, it's just yeah, a really I think weird a good point. example of a situation like that, that we have had on the show is like, we had Peter Weber on and of course <laughs> we had a million questions for him about, you know, just the ins and outs of his show and the different women that he was connected to. And he, definitely didn't want to talk about that. He, yeah. he was like, oh, that, that was so long ago. And it's like, well, Peter, you were The Bachelor. We do need to ask you about the women you dated on The Bachelor. But yeah, it's a totally a fine line you kind of have to ride because we started asking those questions 
we could tell he was kind of getting uncomfortable and didn't want to talk about it. So then it's like, all right, we have to lay off because, you know, you, you want it, you want people to like being on your show and want to chat with you and stuff. So it's interesting because I think it really just depends on the person too and their experience and what they want to talk about, what they don't want to talk about their relationship with producers. If they think that they might get a call after something gets exposed versus some of these contestants that are five, 10 years removed from the show are probably going to go under the radar, exposing more stuff about production. So it's definitely a fine line that you kind of have to ride and it's different for every person. Well, he's, He's a absolutely perfect example of what I'm talking about mm-hmm. because it's yeah. like, Peter, from the time that you got engaged to Hannah Ann in November of 2019 until you were with Kelly in Chicago right after the pandemic started in March of 2020, the amount of women that you were with, I'm sorry, this is like it have its own season. The the 30 for 30, we find, obviously he gets engaged to Hannah Ann. He breaks up with her. He sees Kelly at the Super Bowl. We know he got back together with Maddie. He sat on the couch with Maddie at the After the Final Rose wanting to be with her. Then after that, we found out during Hannah Brown's book, he had slept with Hannah Ann during that or Hannah Brown during that period. And then after two days after the After the Final Rose, sitting on the couch with Maddie saying he's in love with her and he wants to try things out with her. Two days later, they sent out an Instagram post saying they are done. And then two weeks after that, he's in Chicago with Kelly at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, Peter, we have to talk about this. Like, yes. <laughs> look at what you did. How can I not ask? this but he could be like yeah i don't you know this was so long ago yeah but at the time like it was i don't think there's been a bachelor in recent seasons if ever who had that much of a mess in a four-month span with that guy you know i mean totally yeah look at i mean look at hannah ann we know he was with hannah ann we know he was with kelly we know he was with hannah brown and we know he at least tried to get with maddie and my thing was I mean, did I don't I, I didn't hear the interview you did with him. Did you ever ask him about the Maddie? Or, or I'm sure you did about the Maddie stuff. Like, so we asked him about Maddie stuff, and actually, I don't know if I should be saying this, but whatever. We had to take no, it whatever. out because um, they asked so, us to. Well, yeah, no, exactly. He had asked us to take it out. Um, but what we <laughs> had because I was always very confused. First off, I thought the breakup with Hannah Ann was incredibly choppy where we I wanted to kind of get to the root of like why are you and Hannah Ann breaking up is it because you had reached out to Madison Hannah Brown anyone or is there something else you're just realizing you guys aren't right for each other because that was never really shown in the show and so I he didn't really want to talk about that obviously and then I asked okay but then after that if you had been with Hannah Brown at some point within this period who reached out you did like did you reach out to Madison but I think he was pretty surprised when he showed up at that random house and Madison was there. So I'm like, did production reach out to Madison? Like, how did that even come to be if you were surprised to see her? And that was also something we had to take out and couldn't get answers to. So it's in the streaming, they never know. Yeah. Why did he ask you to take it out? He didn't want anything brought up about Madison? He was sensitive about talking about a bunch of the girls that he dated Madison and Hannah Ann included. But I think, I think the answer is there was a production element to bringing Madison on and they can't talk about stuff that production does always. Yeah, I guess it might've been, I mean, looking at it now, the fact that they sat up there on stage with Barb basically chastising them and saying, this is never going to work. And they sat there and defended themselves and Maddie defended themselves herself and Peter defended himself. Like I, I mean, he sat there and said, I love her. And two days later 
it was an Instagram post saying this isn't going to work out and we've decided to go our separate ways, which we all knew was they were never going to be a couple in the in, in the long run anyway. But how did you yeah. make that determination in two days after you sat up on the couch and said, I'm in love with this woman? It, it made zero sense. And it did lead to most people thinking like, OK, this was just done for television purposes. There's no way totally. he was totally into her at all. He was into her at all. But he needs to be. But if you if you're doing an interview with Peter Weber, it's absolutely 100 percent should be on the table. You did. You should be able to ask him about that because I'm sorry, your season was messy and it was even messier from the time it ended until you got with Kelly uh, after that. Why, why was Kelly sitting in the audience at, at that show? Why? And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, I had too, and we weren't able to, I don't even think we got to asking that one because at that point it was just getting, we had to just lay off all the questions in general and, and kind of move on. But I guess I would love to know. I think there was something with Kelly prior because otherwise, why would she be there? I think, I think the Barb thing kind of took the show off the rails that they didn't yeah. expect, but I thought at some point they were going to bring up something with Kelly because otherwise, why is she there? Well, and the other thing is we know that he got, well, we not got with her. We know that one week after he broke up with Hannah Ann, he was at the Super Bowl in Miami and Kelly was at the Super Bowl and they've both admitted that they ran into each other. Now, whether we believe that nothing ever happened, there was no hookup, they didn't exchange numbers and were talking from that point until he went to Chicago, which they clearly were. Um, we don't know the extent of it. Were they hooking up? We don't know. But we know that they met each other at the Super Bowl that year in Miami. They ran into each other at a party. And my guess is they exchanged numbers, and that's when they started talking. But during that point, he also 100% we know slept with Hannah Ann. Uh, I keep saying Hannah Ann. Hannah Brown. And he did his whole spiel and get back together with Maddie thing. It just like... Peter, what was going on? Who did you like? Who did you not like? What was real? What wasn't? You, we have every right to ask you that, you know. Yeah, because people need to know. We're never going to get our answer. And we're yeah, it looks like we're never going to get our answer. Um, he he's going to leave stuff out. Um, you know, he got back with Kelly. By the way, I, I hate to move on to this couple real quick, but um, you know, they Kelly and Peter are back together, which is interesting because. They took some really hard shots at each other when they broke up last time. Yeah. And now they're back together and it's seemingly like they never said that about the other person and they never I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about their relationship, but what do you make of Peter and Kelly being back together after what they said about the, when they broke up? Um I mean, I was incredibly surprised to see them back together for the exact reason you're saying because of the things that they said about each other throughout the little breakup tour. They were each going on their respective podcasts and saying some really not nice things about one another. So I personally don't know how you get past that, but clearly they have. Um, I I think if they are willing to be together now after everything that has happened, they must really be serious about each other and really like each other. Cause I don't think you would put yourself through all that scrutiny again. If you weren't like, this is someone I could potentially marry. So I wish them the best if, if they feel strongly about each other and have been able to work through all the things that they said about one another. I, I hope they're happy. Yeah. I mean, we don't know about anything about their relationship and yeah. clearly it just, we only can go off of what we know that they said publicly and all the things that they said were not a, he said, she said it was, we heard it. They were on podcast. Peter had his own Kelly went on chicks in the office 
and literally mm-hmm. said he plays Pokemon and goes out and parties. That like that seemed, and she said I was convincing myself that that's what I was into too. Like that seems like an incompatibility thing. And now all of a sudden, does he not play Pokemon anymore and not go out and party? I got, I that's where I'm curious. Yeah, well, po- Pokemon isn't trendy anymore, so he probably just stopped playing Pokemon, and that's <laughs> why she was able to get back. I guess, uh, you know, I guess, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I didn't even know Pokemon. I I know it, I know it came back, but I literally thought it was for sixth graders. (laughs) Pokemon go. Yeah. No, I'm walking around and trying to catch them in the wild. Good. How did that just stop? That was just like a phenomenon and people just stopped doing it. Some people do still play if they're really into it, but I stopped because it was always the same Pokemon all over back in 2015. (laughs) Once you catch all of them, you're like, okay, I don't need another Squirtle or whatever it was. (laughs) I don't even know. You're you're speaking a different language <laughs> right now. I don't even know what I have no I mean I know what Pokemon is, but the game itself and that that, that craze that took off with the with the app, I had no idea what was going on. No clue. Yeah. Well, what a time to be alive. But I want to move on to a different couple. Tyler and Brittany found them to be rather interesting this season. Again, two couples that have taken to podcasts post reunion taping and Mixed signals, mixed storylines. I don't really know what to make of of these two either. Uh, Stephanie, did, is there anything that you took out of either of their post-show podcasts where you take one side more over the other? Oh, God. Honestly, I've kind of slept on this couple. I don't. I think with Johnny, Victoria, and Greg, that was so much more dynamic. Oh, yeah. I was so much more invested that I haven't. The, the, I did see clips of something with Tyler, but he was re- he was talking about the Victoria drama. So I'm not even quite sure what he was saying about Brittany. Fill us in or fill me in. rather. He said, know, Jackie, did you listen? I listened to some little things here and there. Wasn't was she either like traveling to, to Italy, wasn't it? Yeah. Everyone's going to Italy um, and yeah. had broken up with him right before or she broke up with him while she was already there. Right. She ended. Yeah. She ended it on FaceTime while she was there. But she was he had asked her the weekend before to come to L.A. with him. And she said she couldn't. And then all of a sudden, a week later, she was in Italy and decided to end it. And then the other everyone in I know the other clip that I saw uh, when he was on chicks in the office podcast was him saying that once they got into the van and they left paradise together and they got into the van from the second they got into the van, she told him essentially, I I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I'm not feeling excited. And then it just, (laughs) so it seemed like she was checked out from the very beginning, but we also know that, when they left Mexico, she did go to New Jersey for a weekend and spend time with his family. So maybe that was just convincing on Tyler's part to get her to be on board. But he said that she told him right when they got in the van, I, I should be more excited and I, I don't know why I'm not. And then it just seemed like a, a yeah. miscommunication between them going forward. This to me just felt like a classic case of she's just not that into you, unfortunately. Yeah. Um and I think I think Brittany had spoken about this in, in one of the interviews where as soon as they kind of got off the beach, I think Tyler was clearly a lot more invested in the relationship that, than she was. And he was putting in so much more effort that it was almost pushing her even more away. But I could see a situation where, you know, you're in paradise. There's no real world things to worry about. Everything's romantic. Everything is perfect. And there's not much real life stuff that you have to talk about. But I could see how as soon as you get back into the real world you're like struck with a whole bunch of 
reality and things change rather quickly. I think we see that with a lot of these couples that, you know, once you get out of the fairy tale and you have to deal with like, okay, but like, where are we going to live? Like, how are we going to actually do this? Things get way more complicated and it's just not worth it. Um, So I could see how, I, I don't know. I think people are kind of thinking like, oh, was Brittany being fake or what? with the fact that she was so quickly changing her tune, but I could see how your opinion on something could really shift once you get to the real world and have to really figure this out. Yeah. And that goes for any either paradise couple or bachelor couple. If you don't live next to each other and you don't live in the same state, which most don't, then it just turns Mm -hmm. into, well, it's not really that serious, whether there's an ends in an engagement or not, or you leave as a couple or not. It's not serious until somebody makes a move because then you're just dating by label. And that's all it is, is just like, oh, I'm seeing them. Michael and Danielle are more serious now because we know that Danielle Mm -hmm. is moving to Ohio. So now we can look at them as like, wow, they're trying to make it work. Tyler and Brittany, it seemed like it was never going to be one was going to move for the other. And if they weren't, then it's just, okay, two people in Bachelor Nation are long distance dating. It's only a matter of time before this ends yeah. because for it to be successful, one of you has to move bottom line. And you know, you're not going to have a long distance marriage as far as I know. Right. <laughs> that usually doesn't work. Um, but yeah, they, they were, you know, they were on the, I guess the uh, smaller end of the couples that we I- invested in probably another one, Jill and Jacob um, kind of comical, this whole relationship. Um, that they couldn't even last a month after that grand gesture he pulled for her at the uh, at the uh, reunion taping, and then Jill says, "Yeah, we did a hard launch, and then we couldn't even. Uh, we basically crashed and burned after the hard launch." Uh, Stephanie, yeah, did you take anything from it? Jackie, oh, I was just gonna. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think sometimes these grand gestures put people in positions to answer in a way that they might not necessarily answer behind closed doors. So, you know, the fact that they broke up so quickly after that kind of makes me think maybe Jill had moved on way sooner than this whole situation. But when you're put on the spot on, on television like that, how is she going to reject him and say no? Yeah. Also, I, I feel like when your heart's broken once and then they give you what you want later on, it's like it's never the same spark because you always have that inner memory of what you did originally. So I don't know if you could really ever get that back. So she probably couldn't get that feeling back either with him and here, vice versa. And, and here were two people, one being in Arizona and one being in Rhode Island. And they can be, yeah, we're going to try and make this work, which is what they said at the reunion taping. But again, one's in Arizona and one's in Rhode Island. So – Exactly how are you making this work? And until one of you moves for the other one, it's just two people who would maybe, you know, obviously it's ended already, but all they could have done was maybe make time for each other and spend, you know, you know, weekends or, you know, do trips together and stuff like that. But again, I, I don't know what else to say other than until somebody moves, none of these relationships should be taken seriously. It just... Why should we? Well, Greg's moving now for Victoria, so that one I'm taking seriously. Yes, of course. And by all accounts, he's close to proposing when, uh, you know, he he said on the Nick podcast that he wasn't ready to be uh, in a relationship with whatever her name is, the girl from Paris. But yet he Clemence. was. But yet, for Clem. but yet he was 
all of a sudden, when he found out that Victoria got engaged, he was telling Andrew, I wish it was me. So, wait, it, you... <laughs> Again, so confusing uh, <laughs> with those two. Um, Michael and Danielle were a couple that, you know, I think people are cheering for. They're happy that Danielle is moving. That's a, obviously a big deal uh, with both tragedies in their life. And, you know, Michael having a son... I don't think he could have packed up and moved where he wanted to. That for this to work, it was going to have to be Danielle moving to Ohio. Um, obviously, the the Sierra factor in all of this. You know, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts, Stephanie, on the Sierra factor and what she said post show, the things that she was tweeting out, and what your thoughts were on that? Yeah, you know what, I made the comparison of the Sierra. Michael Danielle thing to Julia, Samantha Steffens and Joe Bailey. And I feel like it's actually the exact same thing, but Michael is so beloved and got such a good edit that he ended up not being the villain. But on, I think it was season two of paradise. Joe Bailey dates Julia because he knows Samantha's coming and he leads her on until Samantha comes and then moves on from Julia and goes to Samantha. And I feel like that's exactly what Michael did and was almost I don't want to say he I like Michael but like he dated her until he didn't need to date her anymore and I think that's really unfair and I feel like in a, with three different people people saw the situation totally differently but with this situation everyone seemed to be okay and I feel like that wasn't really fair to Sierra to kind of be strung along because she clearly was developing real feelings and I don't know if like that was producers pushing her along but like she obviously didn't buy didn't she buy him a star or name a star after him. Yeah. She can't go do that on her own. So obviously a producer did it for her. So they're obviously like pushing her to get more serious with Michael when they, they know that Daniel's coming. And and I wished, you know, again, I can't remember which podcast they did, but I just wish they would have addressed kind of the same thing. It's like, Michael, we do understand that you just didn't feel it with Sierra, but was mm. part of the reason you didn't feel it with Sierra knowing the fact that you told producers before the show, Danielle Maltby is the one I'm interested in and you knew she was coming. Like nobody has yet to ask him that directly and he's not addressed that directly. It's like, yes, we totally understand that you liked Sierra, you were making out, you spent a lot of time on the day bed with her and maybe you just didn't feel it. But we all know that behind the scenes, you had asked for Danielle to come and you knew she was coming or had hoped that she was coming. Did that play a role in why you did what you did? We all know it did. But he hasn't been asked that, and he hasn't still has not addressed that. Other than saying generically, you know, maybe I should have been more open with you, uh, right. Sierra, which is the is exactly what we're looking for, but just a little more, um, a little more clarity by just saying, yeah, I knew Danielle was coming. She was the one I asked for. Period. End of story. Like why mm-hmm. why he can't talk about this? And I think that's what I think that's what's frustrating people. And I feel bad for Sierra because every time she brings it up people jump on her and like, get over it. He's moved on. And it's just like, the only reason that people are saying that is because Michael is liked the Joe Bailey situation, exact same situation. Yet he was crucified because he was painted as yeah, a villain on his it's season. So crazy. Yeah. There's so many people, especially that listen to our podcast that haven't seen season two. And I think season oh, yeah. two is one of the best ones. And it, it, if you haven't, I would recommend going back and watching it because to see the exact same storyline play out, but have, viewers and the cast feel completely differently like the entire cast was pro julia everyone was 
about her getting her finding love on the beach and that she should get a rose out of thin air because she deserves to be there. But like in this season, the exact same thing happens and it's get over it, Sierra. Like that doesn't, that's not fair. No, not at all. It's frustrating too, because like the show is helping Michael and Danielle like stay in this positive light. Cause I think Sierra probably said way more than the one sentence we saw on the reunion. But of course all of that gets cut. And of course, I wish Michael I would talk about this, the fact that like him and Danielle didn't have to do the split week situation and the rules were totally changed for just them exclusively. Like clearly the show is helping them stay likable and helping them stay together. And I just wish that was addressed more transparently than it is because it's obvious to all of us, but no one else on the show is really saying that. Yeah, no, it's and it's obviously something they're not going to address because they know they went out of their way to make things good for Michael and Danielle and their explanation, uh, according to those in the know was, well, Danielle came in basically when that split came and the five girls arrived, it was technically six girls arriving. Danielle just happened to arrive before the five did. And that's why she was part of the, that's why she got to stay. That was their reasoning given. So it's like, okay, (laughs) okay. Let's let's bend over backwards more for Michael here. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know it's look like, look, I'm not shitting on their relationship. I'm glad they're happy. I hope it works between them. But we're just calling it I like it we will. see it uh, between these two. Like, hey, we know that they were we know that they were friends pre-show. They they talked about that on their date together. Um, and we know that when producers ask, who are you interested in? Michael threw Danielle's name out there and Michael either knew she was coming or well, I think he knew she was coming, and that was the whole reason for the Sierra thing, and it's why after Sierra eliminated herself, Michael decided to stick around because he knew that Danielle was showing up. Like, let's just call it what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I appreciate the BIP talk. I want to talk about your podcast, that She's All Batch podcast, because recently you did a reunion with, um, yeah. uh, with Michael and Holly, why am I bl- uh, Stagliano and um, and Holly Julian, Julian. formerly mm-hmm. Holly um, Durst Durst I'm forgetting Holly's last name yeah um, so it, for those that missed it kind of fill everybody in on on what on what happened there and then how you did a podcast with Michael and then you got him to come back and do a podcast <laughs> with Holly yeah this is really cool so uh, definitely a highlight of my journalism career but I so I did an interview with Michael and we just really hit it off and we said in the first interview like by the time we ended we're like let's do a part two so we did a part two do the part two and between part one and part two Holly who we follow each other she's been on the show as well messages me and says like I listened to the podcast like I'm still so upset over you know everything that happened between me and Michael I'm gonna message him so in part two then I say to him, like, I know Holly messaged you. Do you want to talk about this? And he's like, what are you talking about? I didn't get a message from Holly. I then help him find it because he didn't even, I guess it went to some inbox that he wasn't looking at. Probably his request folder, right? And he didn't know what requests were. I don't even know, but I was like helping him. He's like, what do you work for Instagram? How are you able (laughs) to find that? And I couldn't even find it. So he finds it and then. I'm talking to him in the the part two interview, texting Holly at the same time. And Holly basically is like, I would love to like bury the hatchet. And Michael's like, yeah, of course, like, let's do this. So I'm like, uh, okay, do you guys really want to do this? Because they have not spoken in 10 years. And if you're 
a fan of what happened back then. Like they had this horrible final moment together that Holly gets engaged to Blake. Michael doesn't know about it. He's blindsided on stage. And that's what Holly has felt guilty about for 10 years. And there's like so many behind the scenes details to it that the other one, like one thought one thing, the other one thought another thing. So I brought them together and that's actually on the She's All Batch Patreon, which uh, just launched in November. We're really excited about it, but you can watch the full Holly and Michael reunion special on um, patreon.com slash she's all batch. And it's people are really, really liking it. Some people are coming to the Patreon just for that because it was, they have not spoken in 10 years and they finally like explain what happened behind the scenes, why they really broke up, what, Blake did with producers and why he was really mad at them. It just, there's so much tea in there that it was a really good time. Yeah, that was at the time a very big deal because a lot of people, well, I would say 90% of the audience was on Michael's side and felt bad for him because he had to sit there and find out on stage that Holly and uh, Blake had gotten engaged and he didn't know mm-hmm. about it, was blindsided. And the whole thing was just it, it was it wasn't a great look for Holly put it that way and i'm sure that's why she's always said like i wish things would have been done differently is my guess right but holly has a story as to why it played out that way and when you hear holly's story you it's no longer a bad look it's a bad look on producers for doing that to michael i think well what's the short version cuz i don't even know if i know the short version or the short what, version is um, oh, so Blake apparently contacted producers and said, um, I don't want this rubbed in Michael's face. I don't want him to have to watch the engagement. I want him nothing. To, like, I want him not to see it, basically, because he knew that they filmed the, the proposal but he didn't want it to be rubbed in Michael's face. So they're like, they signed something. And they said, absolutely, don't worry about it. So to, the loophole was that they aired the proposal before Holly and Michael even came out. And then they bring Holly and Michael out and Chris Harrison goes, Holly, we obviously just watched something really wonderful. Do you want to tell Michael the news? And she was put on the spot having to tell him that. The reason why she didn't tell him prior is because she had only gotten engaged. I think it was like a day or two prior. Yeah. And they they like had her phone. They weren't allowing him her to contact him. And then also her engagement ring got stuck on her finger because it was a size too small. And she, she was like, guess at the doctors or someone's place getting it like i i have no clue how you get a ring off that's too small but she was dealing with that so there's a lot and like michael doesn't know that obviously he he's kind of thinking you know you've been engaged for a month and you haven't found time in a month to contact me like you couldn't have given me a heads up so there were i think when you hear holly's side to it you see a little more of like why things played out the way they did what a shocker producer manipulation uh to make to make a dramatic storyline on uh, on tv it's it's almost kind of the if you want to go back to the rachel and gabby after the final rose it's kind of like the avon situation where avon is kept in a room and he has no idea that tino is still on stage when he's brought out and it's live tv and what's he going to do he can't do anything at that point and turn around and be like nope i see tino up there i'm turning around and leaving no he didn't want it. He had no part. He had no say in that. But he didn't know that Tino was out there. And you know, Rachel has admitted that in interviews post show. So, kind of the same deal. It's like they will keep you from 
certain situations so they can get the the utmost dramatic effect for it. So we had we had Kendall uh, Kendall Long on the podcast, and she said that when she went down to inter interrupt Joe and Joe's proposal to Serena, or right before he was about to propose, she was told that that Joe was struggling and didn't know if he was going to propose to Serena and needed closure from Kendall first. So she thinks she's going down to help him and put his mind at ease and say, you know, go ahead, move on, like we're done. And then, but that's obviously not what happened at all. Yeah. Another, another great example. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of funny how these things are starting to get out. Uh, It's like contestants that are removed from their contracts. I mean, someone like Holly and Michael, they're 10 years removed. They have no, they have no allegiance to this franchise anymore. Holly and Holly and Blake have never even been acknowledged as a couple from this franchise uh, by the show. Nobody ever talks about them. I don't know why that's been the case. They got engaged on bachelor and, pad so it was a show I, I don't understand why they're never acknowledged maybe they want to not be a part of anything but yeah I think it it, it it does happen a lot in this franchise and we know how much producer manipulation is going on and it just seems like you know a lot more people are speaking out about things that aren't shown on TV which technically you're not supposed to do but we appreciate it as podcast hosts when guests do come on and do share stories like that. Totally. I mean, I I certainly do. Did you guys have a recent? You guys had a recent one. I oh God, I'm blanking on the name. But you guys had somebody recently as well that that spilled something. Jackie, do you do you have a favorite recent guest that spilled something that either you were unaware of or you were just glad they told it, so it wasn't like you guys um, had to relay it. Yeah, let me think. I mean, we've had so many great interviews of people spilling things that questions that I've always wanted to know the answer to and really good tea and stuff. Something that is coming to mind since we were talking about like reunion blind size. We had Annalise um, Puccini, Puccini, I'm not exactly how to, sure how to say her last name. We had her on. Um, and if you guys remember, she was on Paradise with Camille. And it was really, I think, one of the lowest moments of the producers in the history of the show where basically they had him break up with her on live television, totally blindsided. And it was really hard to watch and really heartbreaking. And she talked about that moment and she talked about the fact that her and Camille spoke about it after. And his exact words were, I never thought I could be manipulated that way. Um, And she was kind of shedding light on the fact that like, of course they were kept in separate rooms all day long, not allowed to see each other, not allowed to talk to one another. And, um, you know, he's talking about how he can't imagine being manipulated in the way that he was. So you can only imagine the types of things that they're saying to him behind closed doors in that room, prepping him to go on stage. Like, yeah, you should definitely break up with her. It'll be so good for her. She can get a bachelorette edit, all of this stuff, just for this horrible, humiliating moment. So that was something that was really shocking for me because I always wondered that. I was like, how can someone go on stage like that and be so cruel? But um you know, they really get in your head. It's really messed up. Well, you had a good interview with Alana, too, Jackie. Wasn't there something? Oh, yeah. We had her. We had um, Alana. She currently dates Chris, who they were together on Paradise. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole situation where um, they were basically bullied off the beach when they came back from their date because everyone was like Team Jacenia because Chris had been dating Jacenia prior. And they kept accusing them of having known each other before or they were dating before and they planned this and they planned this, which was not the case. They were friendly as literally every single other person on that beach was because they've all met before. 
Um, so yeah, that was a really good interview too. We got a lot of great feedback on that. Just hearing kind of the behind the scenes of the situation they were put in when they got to the beach after that one-on-one day and the way they were kind of confronted by that mob, the way production literally told them they had no choice but to leave. They're basically kicked off the show for no reason. So yeah, that was a good one too. no, there's, I mean, that interview plus other ones, like you said, you can find them on patreon.com. Slash she, she's all batch. You guys, thanks again for coming on. I know you're on a, on a time crunch here, so I want to get you out. But again, thank you so much for coming on for this VIP recap. And um, like you said, you can see, you can listen to you guys on your regular podcast. She's all batch. And then you guys, like you said, patreon.com slash she's all batch. Jackie, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And obviously we will be in touch. Thank you, Steve. I thought you, you said VIP re- recap and I was like, Ooh, are we VIP? And then I realized you said VIP. No, oh. <laughs> yeah, VIP. But we can, you can be VIPs if you want. Just think of yeah. that. Think of that yourself. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thanks to Stephanie and Jackie for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, I know you guys uh, like listening to their podcasts and their interviews. Check it out at the She's All Batch podcast, and also if you want to subscribe to their Patreon, it's patreon.com slash She's All Batch. A lot of good interviews with. Uh, former contestants as well. Um, just a, wanted to get a a wrap on on Bachelor in Paradise. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more in the in the month of December since nothing is going on in the franchise right now. They we should be getting the cast release of the ABC bios and headshots of the women of Zach's season. We should be getting to that. I would think within the next week or two. But maybe since Zach's season is not starting in the first. Monday in January, like it has for the last 15 years, and it's not starting till January 23rd, it is possible that'll be delayed until January. So we'll see. Obviously, once it gets released, I'll tweet it out and put it on Instagram stories. You know who all the women are. It's on my Instagram page. It's been up for, for months of who the women are. Your spoilers are on the website at realitysteve.com. Go to the spoilers tab. It's the first tab there. It'll just bring you down to drop-down list of bachelor's act spoilers and just kind of go from there don't know who won yet uh i have it up through your final three and go from there so thank you all for listening really appreciate stephanie and jackie for coming on so for stephanie and jackie i'm reality steve thank you all for tuning in and we will talk to you next week see you